Oh my gosh, we're back. Okay, we're back. I have the app. There's no hangups this time. Let's let's see if it lets us stay on for longer than a minute. How about we <laughs> chill out and talk for a minute? Right. Left like at thirty seconds each time. It was like now nah, I can't hear you, and then it would just end. Right, and then I would try to go back to where it was in like Google Chrome, and it it would it had disappeared. It was telling me to sign up for Anchor, and I was like, well, maybe maybe the problem is my browser. So I was like, maybe I should download that. Maybe I'm the problem. I'm, I'm probably yeah maybe it's you maybe it's, sure. it's definitely me it's definitely like, me. has never happened to me before <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely me it's like, you know look we've made it to 40 you know almost a minute now 48 so. seconds 49 actually mm-hmm. on my last podcast I was recording with my friend she cut out a few times but she mm-hmm. was still there like after like maybe 15 seconds or more she came mm-hmm. back so I'm about to go in and like edit those little gaps yeah I hate having to do but you know oh we made yeah. it to a minute Right, so I was like, I think I think it was the app because we used to record using Anchor, um, but then it, there there would be some like issues, and so I even I forgot that this was even an option, honestly, because mm-hmm. um, then we started recording using GarageBand, which oh, okay, it was that was hard too. The, the, all the options were 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 difficult um, to like <laughs> piece together, you know, like to piece together like all the little sound bites and stuff. This, this is yeah see I, I try to take the easiest route because i'm not trying to be like an audio wizard <laughs> honestly every single podcast i don't even edit them like i just post yes. them as we have gone and i only edit like if there was maybe some really large gap like we got disconnected mm-hmm. or i edit when i'm trying to make those little sound bites but outside of that like this is live it's gonna like be posted just like this <laughs> And uh, honestly, like, that's what I learned from doing, like, that first podcast. I, I call it, like, our trial podcast. Um, like, don't edit. Like, just, just just leave it. <laughs> yeah, just talk and just go. You know, the editing took me the longest part. Like, you know, it was, it, it took the fun out of it. So. Yeah. And this is supposed to be fun. Like, I don't make any money. We just talk. This is fun. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it creates a platform that I think needs needs to exist. So, you know, what what comes of it is is ultimately, you know, going to be what God God allows you, you know, to, to have. But I think it's necessary. I, I definitely love the idea. Um, Aww, I'm glad I'm you did it. Here. Well, yeah, let me act like we're finally on a podcast and not like okay. we have three different disconnections. <laughs> uh-uh. Wait, let me get a sip of wine. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, let me get a so, sip real quick. Hey, everyone. I'm Jasmine Kent again, and welcome to another episode of Motherhood in Progress. Motherhood in Progress is a podcast that follows women's journeys to and through motherhood. And today I'm excited because we have my friend Atlantis with us to talk about her experience. And no. I'm gonna need her little uh, introduction because she's a smart girl, <laughs> smart gal. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So Atlantis is here. She's 31, a mother of one. And how old is Zari? She's three and a half. Zari is three and a half. Her daughter. She is a molecular scientist. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that she was this smart in high school, but she's obviously very smart. Um, her I hit it. I hit are- it well. <laughs> Her hobbies are reading and photography, and she's passionate about evolution of self, healing of self, about a lot of, she's actually passionate about a lot of things. They all kind of fit under that umbrella. And I will add that she's also very passionate about astrology. And she's my <laughs> personal astrologist 
because I'm not going to go Googling it or reading nothing. I'm literally just going to ask Atlantis, like, hey, what's going on with my life? I'm a Gemini. Exactly. You know, just like, um, why, why is life doing the things that life is doing right now? What's going on in the stars? I need you to tell me. Yeah, I need you to tell me. Look up there and tell me, what the heck's going on? Why is my cure not you. working? <laughs> I'll tell you. Mercury's in retrograde. Mars is in retrograde. Honestly, like, that all just happened. Like, I was like, I was feeling it. I was like, all right, now, you know. When did they go into retrograde? Because for, for the past two weeks, I haven't really been working out. And I like have been super kind of just lazy laying down and I just bought a bunch of sweets yesterday from H-E-B. Well, I support your sweets, you know, your sweets purchases. But so for (laughs) you, you're ruled by Mercury, right? So Mercury retrogrades are going to have like a significant effect, but there's something called a shadow period that has been happening for the last two weeks. And so I don't quite remember Um, this little detail in your chart but if you have a natal mercury retrograde the shadow period is going to be worse than the retrograde itself oh my god and so I I have a natal mercury retrograde and so the retrograde itself I'm fine it's just that those two weeks the shadow period I'm like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. so I've been right there with you yeah Um, I'm a Virgo so we're both mercury ruled I'm right there with you that was just to give y'all a taste of how much she knows about astrology. But um, we'll, <laughs> we'll get into the actual podcast things now. Yes, yes. Um, so our first section, I kind of ask everyone the same question. But the first section is kind of about choosing motherhood. And I'm wondering, when did you decide you wanted kids, if you ever decided that? <laughs> um, yeah, when I was younger, I never wanted kids. Um, I, and I'll say, like, younger went up until, like, 24 Mm-hmm. So I always wanted to be the rich auntie um, and I never even thought about having kids. Um, and I always say like, God has a way of like turning your nevers into your reality. Like don't ever say never because mm-hmm. it, it'll be right there looking you in the face in the morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, but I did start to become open to motherhood around 26 around age 26 27 um, and I think it had to do just with the fact that I finally was able to sit down because um, I finished grad school in 2017 okay. and so I spent 10 years so from the age of 16 to 26 I spent 10 years getting three degrees I was stressed out all the time Right. So I couldn't think about like children, you know, I was just like, oh, children just get in the way, you know. And so yeah. I finally finished and I, I all I did was go to work and come back home. And, I, you know, I'm sitting around watching Hallmark movies and mysteries or whatever that channel is. Um, and I started to become more open to the idea of motherhood. Like I wasn't in survival mode mm-hmm. anymore. And it started to become more like, I guess, possible in my mind that this is something that I could do and so in my next relationship the I would say the next relationship after I graduated um from grad school after finished grad school um I was open to it and so mm-hmm. I, I would say I never really chose it but I was open to it yeah yeah that's interesting because it's like you don't have to choose something but if you do leave the door open it makes right. that, it makes that a possibility whether you said, yeah, I'm going to do this or not, you know? Right. And it's kind of a choice in itself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> to leave yeah. the door open. 
Um, and so I think around that time, like all the celebrities were pregnant too. And so like <laughs> the baby fever was like hitting because I was like, oh, she looks so cute. Oh, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, look at that baby. You know, she looks cute, pregnant. The baby's cute. I was like, okay, I might, I might be able to wrap my head around this, you know? They got us thinking we can walk in like Manolo's while we're pregnant. Right. <laughs> we'll, have the, we'll have the Gucci line stroller, like, oh, the Fendi stroller, right. you know? And that only your belly's getting bigger, but not exactly else on your body. Nothing, like, you nothing else. <laughs> right. As soon as you have the baby, you're going to be picture perfect, ready to go. You know, and so it all the baby fever hit, like, you know, all those all those little things happened all at once. Mm-hmm. And I would say I was pregnant within six months. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the door was open and then like it came running through. That's came wild. came like the Kool-Aid man, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> <laughs> so then so. around I guess when you started being more so open to kids and you weren't really in survival mode. How did you like envision motherhood when you're like, okay, I'll leave the door open. Like what were some of the things that you thought it could be like? So I would say I didn't make it too far um, in my kind of picturing of things um, because I started dating um, Azari's dad pretty quickly um, when I moved back to Texas. And, um, you know, I would say I, I, I hadn't given it too much thought. I'm not even going to lie to you. I hadn't even like pictured myself pregnant or just kind of like what type of mother I would be um, before I would say, you know, everything was ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did picture myself at home. When I would say when I did picture motherhood, I did picture myself at home a lot. Um and so it's funny how like all, everything kind of comes full circle and I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll get to that but that's really the only thing I pictured is that I was at home and so yeah. it's not it's not very like imaginative <laughs> well it's more like probably just like resting because like you previously right. really <laughs> at home for the past 10 years you're just like moving 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 so maybe Literally. your body was trying to manifest some kind of like rest <laughs> yeah like honestly because I would go to work I would leave for work at 5 a.m. I would basically I would leave for work when it was dark and I would come home when it was dark wow um, pre-baby and so it was just I was never home you know and so that I I like that you know kind of my body is kind of signaling you need to sit down <laughs> yeah sit down or we're gonna make you sit <laughs> exactly <laughs> absolutely well, so maybe after this, we'll go into like conceiving a bit. So how did you conceive? Um, the natural way. Um, okay, natural conception, cool. no challenges. And I would say probably the first or second shot took um, as, as far as. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because like this section is always either like. Well, we just, you know, we kind of had sex. <laughs> right, exactly. Or it's like um, a very deep conversation exactly. about how they had, how they got to conceive. So. Right. That's right. It's just like, I, I recognize for some women, like, you know, conception is definitely like a much bigger deal. And so yeah. that, that's kind of why I'm, I'm grateful. Um, but a little, it was a little, I was a little taken aback by how quickly the consequences of your actions can appear. <laughs> can appear. <I> um, <laughs> 
know, like, oh, look, it's the consequences oh. of my actions. Right. right like, my oh, <laughs> that, that happened that quickly. I thought you had to try a couple of times. So, I do feel like people talk about the like challenges of conception a lot. So then yeah. you kind of think that maybe it won't just be immediately right. easy for me. And then when it is like that kind of actually is a shock too. like, right. okay, I'm thankful one, right. but number mm-hmm. two, I actually was not ready yet. <laughs> I was not mentally prepared for um, this right here. So, okay. I thought, thought we could, we, we maybe had some more time to kind of adjust to, yeah. to this idea. Um, so yeah, conception was, straightforward and pretty easy quite a shock honestly um, yeah when y'all did conceive and y'all were shocked I guess what were tell us through some of your emotions and thoughts after you found out and like so, how y'all processed those emotions so I found out I was pregnant after me and my friends had a murder mystery party <laughs> um <laughs> and so Oh, which honestly, very on brand. Like if I was ever going to find out I was pregnant as someone who's obsessed with murder mysteries, it would have to be after I threw a murder mystery party. Um, and I'm living in Houston at the time. Um, so my some of my friends had flew from out of town as well. And so my period was already a little late, maybe like one or two days late. Yeah, um, crazy. Right, because I, I didn't really track it too much. Um, it, I just always made sure it came around the same time. Well, for one, I just always made sure it came. Um, mm-hmm. af- after that, you know, I didn't really care if it came on the 20th or the 23rd. I'm glad you're here. Um, yeah. So it was a few days late. And then at the murder mystery party, I had a few beers, but I didn't drink too crazy. Right. Um, and the next morning, I felt terrible. So just after a couple of beers, as someone, you know, who's been to college and drank more than a couple of beers, I felt, I felt so bad. And I was like, okay, weird. And so something, we, we went to Target um, to get snacks and games and stuff. And so I picked up a test and I slipped it in my basket. No one saw me pick <laughs> up the test, right? <laughs> I was like, I was like, All right, we're just going to slide this in here. Just something told me, take a test. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um that night I took a test and I took one of the tests. It was a two pack. And so there was a faint double line on Ooh, this test. Faint. Okay. Faint. Right. And so I was just like, mm, let me, let me take another one in the morning. So I literally just like, I kept it, you know, I put it in a drawer and I just like went to bed. I was like, whatever, I'm going to just take another one in the morning. So first thing the next morning, it was a Sunday morning. I took the second test and that double line was there. Oh no. Now you're getting stronger. <laughs> it was growing in strength. <laughs> you're more so, and more pregnant as time goes right. on. Right. And I was just like, okay. Um, and I'm not I'm not a very emotional person. Um, like I said, I, I I sometimes wish it was more of like a beautiful story where I cried of happiness, but like I literally looked at it and you know, pre TikTok. You know, but I had the thought, you know, well, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions, <laughs> yes. um, that TikTok sounds like my favorite sound. <laughs> so, like, I, I hate to keep quoting it, but that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> so accurate, though. I was like, well, I, I did the things that, that, that caused this, so that'll do it. And so <laughs> um, I literally just took a picture of the test and I sent it to um, her dad. 
and I sent it to my mom with no text. I just sent the picture. Oh my God, no message? <laughs> no message. That's like so psychotic. What are you learning from these murder mysteries? You have nothing to say. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. I'm just like, I'm going to let y'all do what y'all want to do with this information. And um, I worked on Sunday. So I literally sent that text and just drove to work. <laughs> <laughs> just going to let them like go right. crazy looking at it. And meanwhile, you're like, exactly. <laughs> I'm at work. Just do, 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 do. I'm just going to let y'all do with that. You know what y'all want to do with that. And so, of course, my mom calls me like screaming. She's like, oh, my God, what? And I'm like, I'm at work. And I'm like, yep, that's that's a thing that we're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> she was definitely more excited than me the whole time I, I would say like I was kind of just like yeah we're we're having we're having we're having a baby yeah and she was like uh, I'm having a grandchild literally like just screaming yes because you know of course she thought she was never going to get one because I told her she was never going to get one oh, and here that she used is to make getting her one or something well, it would always be like, I'm sure you'll change your mind one day. Yeah. You know, and, was, and sure enough, the, the nevers came around and I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. So how'd y'all go about telling people, I guess, after you sent the text with absolutely no context? <laughs> did y'all, did you continue to send it like that to other people? Or when did you start to try and like, you know, share with more people that you knew? So in addition to the psychotic text that I sent, with no text um I had a roommate you know my roommate and my friends were still there I was going to work and my roommate was going to take um our friends to the airport so since I had two tests I just left one on the counter <laughs> more psychotic <laughs> more psychotic behavior. <laughs> I just left one with like, I didn't send a text. I didn't leave a sticky note. I left no note. I just left the positive. <laughs> here's a clue. <laughs> yeah, here's a clue. It's like your murder mystery, but like, who's pregnant? Exactly. And so I'm at work and, you know, my friend texts me like, um, are you, are you pregnant? I'm like, yeah. Uh, apparently. <laughs> um. <laughs> apparently. And, and she's like, are you Okay. You know how we're like thirty years old and like people act like you're like a teen pregnant. <laughs> like you're Yes, exactly. Like it's a teen pregnancy and like you're like... in high school and like you're not What are you gonna do? Mom. <laughs> exactly. You know, and so they're like, What are you gonna do? I'm like, I guess I'm gonna have a baby. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> that, that. Okay, so now you're pregnant. I want you to start to share with us like your journey about your pregnancy. Like, you know, how was your first trimester? What did you experience? You know, I can ask you questions through it, but like, you know, just start to tell us. Okay. So I'll say my first trimester was terrible. Um, I probably weighed like going into my pregnancy, I probably weighed like 130. Um, And I dropped to about 120 something, like 122, like low 120s in my first wow. trimester. I couldn't eat anything but saltine crackers. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it was so bad. And then um, I was having like very bad side pains. And so, you know, one day on my day off, because I worked Sunday through Thursday. And so one day it was either Friday or Saturday. 
you know, I had told my roommate that my side was hurting and um, she was like, you need to go to the hospital. I was like, I'm not going to the hospital. Um, you know, the, the, the typical reaction, like, I'm not going to the hospital. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my roommate calls my mom <laughs> and tells her <laughs> that I'm in pain as a pregnant person and I need to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so then my mom's like, you need to go to the hospital right now. And so I go to the hospital um, because what, for, for one, I should say, I should backtrack. When I took that pregnancy test, I was probably like maybe a week and a half pregnant. Okay. I was so, so early. early. Right. Um, and so, cause I, I, I don't think I even technically like fully missed my period yet, which is why I think it was so faint. Um, mm-hmm. Like it was a couple of days late, but I don't, you know, I, I, it wasn't like a week or two late. Um, yeah. And so you know, I was so early on in my pregnancy that the pains could have been an ectopic pregnancy, um, which would have killed me if I didn't go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to the hospital. So um, first trimester, go to the emergency room. I'm still too early to even have a doctor, to see a doctor, have a doctor. Um, like I had, I had a doctor um, that I picked, but you know, couldn't even go in for your OB checkup. So I'm in the emergency room, sitting there for hours, hours. Oh God. And finally get back there. You know, they do the, the intravaginal ultrasound to see where the baby is to just double check. And that's not a great experience at all. Um, Yeah. I've never heard of one of those. Is it kind of like a pap smear or is it worse? Nope. Mm-mm. I don't. I don't know if this is supposed to be a family-friendly podcast or not. It's um, like a mom-friendly. So okay. So yeah, it's like it might go to the ER. This is what <laughs> an intravaginal ultrasound sounds like. It's 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 like if they put um, a camera inside of a dildo. Oh, yeah. It's not great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and and they're like they're moving it like to you know trying to get certain pictures and I'm like all right guys um so it wasn't wasn't great at all and um you know luckily Zari was in the right place so basically they just had to double check that the pregnancy was not in my fallopian tubes I think is the ectopic pregnancy um Mm -hmm. and it was actually in my uterus and so we sit we sit for six hours just to find out that Zari's in the right place I'm just in pain because I'm pregnant um <laughs> that's all so, that it was they were like yeah. well you're just pregnant so that's why you're, you're just pregnant, pregnant. exactly <laughs> you haven't eaten ma'am in in like weeks because you can't because you just keep throwing up that's why you're in pain oh, <laughs> how much so, you, like, you were throwing up was it like more than once a day or it was it was every time I ate so that's why oh. like I would just not eat I would just saltine crackers lick lick the salt off the crackers oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like I was miserable first trimester I was miserable it was terrible um like even french fries french fries betrayed me and I love no fries. not french fries french fries betrayed me and the good ones the five guy five guys fries that are double deep fried betrayed oh. me and so but I will say soon as my second trimester hit I felt like I was Wonder Woman like (laughs) (laughs) like it might have been on the exact 
day that my second trimester started, like to the second, I immediately felt better. Like, so I could eat, you know, and um, I could also have like a cup of coffee. And so I actually put my Keurig on my nightstand <laughs> so that <laughs> so I just had to lean over. <laughs> Lean over and make a cup of coffee and just hit the button. And so I, I'm just pregnant in the bed with my one cup of coffee that I'm allowed, and I'm just sipping my coffee. And then that was how, like, I could get up, you know, and and do yeah. all the things that I needed to do. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. I felt amazing. Like I was at work because you know, mind you, um, I work in a laboratory. Laboratories are are very. Um, I should say smart people labor, right? You don't really get to sit down that much, you know, at least on the molecular lab. There's a lot of walking. There's a lot of strain on your back, on your hands, on your feet, and you know, mm-hmm. all, all of the above. And so um, I'm at work now hanging stuff up. I'm on ladders, you know, like my supervisor comes, is like, what are you doing? You're pregnant. I was like, well, it fell down. I'm, I'm, I'm fixing it. You know what I mean? I feel amazing. Yeah, you know? I'm good now. <laughs> <laughs> and so... I will say, you know, I became a single mom while I was pregnant during this trimester. Um, During the second one or the first one? During the second one. And so, you know, I won't dive into too much of that drama, but, you know, a lot of my energy then just got diverted into just figuring out how I was going to do this by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so even though I felt good now, I will say like, I couldn't enjoy it that much yeah I was stressed out I was scared you know like I don't know how I'm gonna do this by myself now um yeah that's like a really big shift right and so like you know while you're still pregnant it you know it it kind of takes away from from the 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 fun of once you feel good while you're pregnant and so my second China show like I said I felt great definitely felt like a superhero but then it mostly started going into like survival mode again yeah um yeah. where I'm, I'm trying to figure out like how I'm gonna do this um and so third trimester I think I was like a lot of women where I was over it I was like man you mm-hmm. gotta get this baby out um because I wasn't big at all so I dropped down to 120 something first trimester so by third trimester, I'm like 150. Um, so I've wow. gained the weight back and then like the normal 20, 30 pounds that you're supposed to gain. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not too big, but Zari is eight pounds. Wait, like. in your second trimester or your third? Sorry. In my third trimester. In your third. Wow. They're reminding yeah. her weight. Yeah, so, you know, um, by the time, you know, towards the end, you know, she's big. I'm small. Yeah, that's a big kid. (laughs) So I'm still wearing my my same clothes, third trimester. You know, I have pictures of me in my same, like, Lululemon size four tops. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm the same, you know, I can fit in the same clothes. I'm not the same size. I got a belly. But, you know, I, I really didn't gain too much weight. You know, and like I said, I think a lot of it had to do with just being in survival mode at that point. I wasn't really sitting back and eating, you know what I mean? I was going to work, um, you know, and, and just doing the same things that I always did. Um, I worked up until I was 40 weeks pregnant. Wow. Actually. Down to like mm-hmm. the dead end. Like, <laughs> so Zari was cozy. She did not want to come out. So 
Mm -hmm. Um, that was kind of my goal. So I'm just going to work up until my water breaks. Um, and so 40 weeks comes my feet are so big they won't fit in lab appropriate shoes so I'm wearing dad sandals like the velcro you know <laughs> the, dad sandals. <laughs> the dad sandals at, <laughs> in a laboratory because my feet are so swollen oh, <laughs> like this oh my god were your feet hurting as well or like oh, how yeah. was it kind of like was, working up until terrible. 40 weeks oh it was terrible like I was I was sitting down every chance I get. Like I was rolling around the lab in chairs so that I wouldn't have to walk. My feet hurt. Like they were they were swollen bad. And so, especially like I said, on in the lab, you're on your feet a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it just it just wasn't good at all. So I did I think I did my last day. It was like a Thursday. I think it was when it was just like, yeah, I don't I don't think I can do this. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, like I'm gonna tap and- out. <laughs> You know, and so I was, I was 40 weeks and two days, I think when I stopped working and, um, my doctor was saying she was going to induce me that next Tuesday. So that whole weekend, like that, I didn't have to worry about going to work. I was like in the pool, like bouncing up and down. I was like, sorry, mm-hmm. let's go get out. I was on, I was on the little ball, uh, the, oh, the a bouncy ball, ball. Inside the pool? It, uh, outside of the pool, but you know. So I did the ball and bounced up and, and down inside the pool, you know, because they said the water of the pool kind of helps move things around. And so yeah. and like get just... the weight off of your bones. Exactly. And so I was doing I was drinking the raspberry leaf tea, you know, whatever the whatever internet to told do. me <laughs> to do. I was doing it. <laughs> and so and so Monday came along. And she still had not come. So Tuesday was when they were going to induce me. And so Monday night, I I go to sleep. I, I, I lay down to go to sleep, but I, I can't fall asleep. And um, sure enough, I get up and go to use the bathroom. There's a little bit extra something. And I'm like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And then I stand, I, I finish using the bathroom. I just stand in the bathroom. I'm just like, okay, let's see if it happens again. And so like, you can imagine, I'm like a heavily pregnant woman, just like staring at her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Could you even see her vagina? The real no, so I'm just like staring in the direction, like just standing, <laughs> like leaning over the counter and just like standing in the direction. And then it happens again. But I don't, I don't know if we're supposed to get to that just yet. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I was going to ask you more questions about your pregnancy. <laughs> like, so we'll, we'll get to that after. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. We'll rewind for a second. So okay. was there like anything you were surprised by during your pregnancy? Mm, I had a really good pregnancy. Honestly, um, you know, very blessed to have like, just like I said I just woke up every day like I was myself just I I had this extra bump like so pregnancy I would say aside from the first trimester and then aside from my feet like about to explode um (laughs) you know everything was really good you know I was I was surprised by just like like how easy kind of everything was for me and definitely grateful um And what was like your relationship with your body? Because I know you said you kind of lost weight, then you gained it. Like it must have been like kind of, you know, everyone, everyone does like have a changing body. 
but I guess for me, like I was just kind of slowly and gradually gaining weight. So I'm interested in like mm-hmm. how it was for you for like losing and gaining. So I'll say with my body, pre-Zari, um, I was a gym rat. So I was I was like the, the people off of like Jersey Shore. You know what I mean? Like I had my routine <laughs> down. Gym tan laundry, but it was like gym work laundry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so I would go to the gym for like three to four hours a day. And I was one of those people who like walks into Lifetime and you'll think I, I work there. Cause like I'm saying hi to everybody. I'm sitting in people's offices, chit chatting with them. Cause like, I just knew everybody. There's so much time I spent oh my God. at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, like when, when you picture gym rat, like I want you to picture like somebody who like more often than not people are like, you know, you should work here. And I'm just like, yeah, I just don't have time. I don't, I don't have the extra time. <laughs> I, I'm already, I'm already here for four hours working out. I don't have time to do a shift. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I was probably, Pre-Zaria, pre Zaria, pre pregnancy pre Zaria is probably about 125 and mostly muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during my pregnancy, like I said, I got up to 150 um, just with Zari. And then as soon as I gave birth, I was about 130. Um, mm-hmm. And I wasn't unhappy with the weight or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did try to go back into the gym um, like after I had Zari and just in my apartment building and um it was a disaster it just wasn't gonna work oh wait pause for a second Mm -hmm. my phone like i have like this time limit on my apps and i guess it tried to tell me that anchor like my time limit was up so i didn't hear you after you said you like said what'd you say you said you weren't upset with your body or you weren't like okay you'd have a problem with it okay um I thought I thought it like caused us to hang up again. I was like, no, we done made it. It's we my dad it on focus thing. I hate this focus. It's like it turns <laughs> every single app off at like 10 p.m. And I, I don't even know how I said it like mm. this anymore. I got to figure it out. You got to you got to go to one of them classes like at the Apple store for old people. I dare you to go sit in one of those and just listen. <laughs> they probably tell you some useful stuff in there. It's like, I don't know. My phone did that. Like, OK, <laughs> that's where I'm, that's the point that I'm at right now. I'm, I'm looking real millennial. I'm getting closer to like a boomer exactly right now. At, at this point. I I'll be I'll be in the store and they have like the new pay systems. I'm like, oh my God, how can you use this? Like I said, we we had to be in that Apple class. (laughs) I'm so mad because you were on a roll with your story. No, it's okay. So um so we were we were talking about just how how my relationship with my body has changed like so over the course of, you know, pregnancy and postpartum. Yeah. Um and so I was gonna say like post pregnancy, I was like one thirty. Um, so I would say all in all in, in the cycle, I had gained five pounds. Um, oh, nice. That's a good yeah. weight. <laughs> right. And so I wasn't, I wasn't unhappy with my weight. The weight was good. Um, it was more so like a, the body, right. The body was different. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I started trying to go back into the gym, um, while I was on maternity leave. Um, once I was cleared, of course, um, to just kind of do a couple of little things here and there. Cause like I said, I was a gym rat. I'm not used to not being able to go to the gym. And so um, I didn't have like a solid support system. So I was trying to just do it with Zari in the stroller, like when she's taking a nap or something like yeah. that. And of course, 
every time I would try to do that, you have somebody in there slamming weights. You have somebody in there running on the treadmill at like 10 miles an hour or something crazy, <laughs> you know, making all these noises, you know, you, and I was just like, this is not going to work. Yeah. Um, and I will say like much of my life after becoming a mom is by force. You know, so it's just like, Mm -hmm. I can't even take full credit for a lot of the realizations that I've had, because I've had no choice, but to kind of evolve in this way. And so, you know, I had to ask myself, you know, did the pre-baby version of my body, like where I spent, you know, hours in the gym per day, like, did that version of me make me happy? Like, yeah. did that body make me happy? You know, and the answer was no. And mm-hmm. so I said, so why am I going to try so hard to get it back? Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of allowed my body to do what it was going to do. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't go back to the gym. Um, so I, I would say I haven't been, I haven't been to a gym since 2020, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um but um, I just kind of allowed my body to do what it was going to do. You know, I was like, I, there's, there's nothing I can consistently do at this point, you know, yeah. with, with a child and no, you know, real support system, you know, you, you kind of just have to like, something's going to have to give, you, you know, accept some things. There's like some yeah. radical acceptance. Like I have right. a body before, but I also don't need it now. And exactly. That's okay. Right. And, and, you know, I'll say like, I just leaned more into the thought that I have to be comfortable losing versions of myself, like pieces of myself, you know, that just don't fit this life that I have now, you know, and that applies to more than just like body types, of course. But, you know, I think when you're comfortable losing, then you can evolve, you know, you you have to be comfortable. Thank you. You know, I, th- I think being comfortable losing that pre-baby body allowed me to have the body that I have now, which I personally think is better. Yeah. You know, I, wow, that's, your body's banging now. Ar- arguably, right? Thicker like, than a snicker. I, th- I think it's a little better now. <laughs> you know, it jiggles in the right places. It, it might it jiggle jiggles. in some of the, you know, the quote wrong places. You know, the, the stomach is there, but you know what? The rest is there too. But know? so is the behind. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so that's why I was just like, you know what? I, I like the, I like my body now. And so, you know, as, as far as like the full circle moment, my body makes me happy now. I like my body now. You know. I do yoga and Pilates and stuff in the house. Um, so yeah. then it's something that I don't have to kind of work too hard to leave um, to do. And it definitely, as far as, you know, just the hip openers for sure. I, I don't know what it is about hips when they get There's tight. There's stress in them. Right. You know, it's where you're, like, like, you're clenching your butt cheeks, oh, you know, man. like, and so I, I love doing hip openers at night. Um, that's kind of like my big exercise I should say is yoga and doing just kind of yin yoga specifically yeah like sitting in that position yes it's yeah and and just that flexibility and you know like this is stuff I went to school for and I will say like flexibility is the most important thing as far as like your body health really Um, okay it's because most people's journey into chronic dependence on the health system usually happens after an injury Mm -hmm. 
And so, and that injury is usually going to be your hips or your knees, some, some type of joint. Um, okay. Sometimes your back, you know, but a lot of times your back is related to your hips and your posture and things like that. And so a lot of people, you know, who have chronic health issues, they, they started from an injury. Yeah. And so when you can increase your flexibility, especially after you give birth, you know, that those hips are definitely tight, you know, but when you can just increase your flexibility, it increases your overall health because you're, no, you're yeah. less likely to be injured. I agree with that. Cause I feel like I had like the posture I had while being pregnant led to like a lot of tightness and like in my hips. So I had, to yes. stretch, I had to stretch that out a lot. And then I had really bad posture while breastfeeding, which gave me a lot of back mm-hmm. problems that I'm actually still figuring out now, but that'd be, we'll get to that in our like chapter two portion. Cause it takes, <laughs> it takes so long just to get all the way up to giving birth. Like it's exactly. like more time to be like postpartum. This is what I'm going through. It's, 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 it's books, books and books. books. I feel. <laughs> but that's what this podcast is for. It's kind of just like telling that story. And so I guess my last question around is like, maybe, so your relationship ended up, you ended up like breaking up. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to know how you were supported through pregnancy. Cause you said you had some roommates, your mom was excited. I'm just wondering if there was anyone to help you out when you were in that survival mode. Um, I would say the only person would be my mom. Um, mm-hmm. Cause my roommate started being weird. <laughs> Not being weird to me. Being weird, you know, and then I won't dive into the crazy Creole family drama um, that also ensued. Um, so I'd say the, the only person I really had was my mom. You know, everybody else didn't really live near me. Um, my mom didn't live near me either, but she would fly in and help me. Um, and so I, I really didn't have too much support. I had my coworkers. Yeah. Um, you know, they really saw me every day and there was actually two of us pregnant at the same time. And so we leaned on each other a lot. Yeah. Um, cause we were both, you know, working through the pregnancy, you know, um, and so I, di- I didn't have any kind of traditional support, yeah. you know, yeah. um, a lot of people were mad at me um, because, you know, I was already a single mom, <laughs> you know, yeah. before I even had the baby, you know, um, and like I said, that, that's a, that's a, that's a whole another hour. Um, no, <laughs> I feel it. That's why I wanted you on the yeah. podcast too. I've had a lot of like married couples. And so you and me would be the only ones I know that are single. <laughs> Right. And, and, we and you know, we, we got to talk about it. You know, yeah. what I'll say is my grandma, um, one day she, she went home to her two kids and her husband. And the next day she was a single mom wow. because her husband was shot. Oh my God. Well, like I said, we're Creole. So she, he was shot by my great grandfather. Um, oh my. <laughs> so like it's, the plot thickens the plot thickens I won't dive into the Creole family drama but you know that that's kind of how I I explain it it's like there's nothing in this world that is stopping you from becoming a single mom yeah exactly you know just just one incident away from yes yes you know leaving your house and returning safely is is a blessing you know not everybody you know leaves and comes back and so I think the more that we allow single moms to talk without this judgment and without this, you know, well, what happened to the man, you know, kind of rhetoric, 
the more we can even help people who aren't yet single moms, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, it's something that hits people like a brick, you know, on that same day, they've lost their spouse and they've become a single parent. Yeah. And if they, if they don't have a good support system, you know, that's a lot, you know? Yeah. It's hard. And, you know, I, I like to think of it that way where it's just like the more we allow single moms to just be single moms in space and take up space, you know, mm-hmm. the more we help everybody. Yeah. And even just like allow them to have children because, I mean, this might be a little right. bit of a tangent, but once you do have a child, you kind of do get thrust into a community that where there's typically like two parents, you know what I mean? Like right. You might be at might be at a school, you meet some other kids, you meet their parents, and somehow they end up asking, where's your husband? Or where's your right. husband? Where's your dad? And exactly. Like, First off, I could be gay right now. Right. <laughs> exactly. Ask me where my husband is. But you know what I mean? Normalize kind of lying to, to strangers, okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. These people will ask me where Zari's dad is. I'm like, oh, he's at home. <laughs> what does he do oh you know he goes to work well like i'm just gonna lie to you ma'am because why do you feel comfortable asking these questions <laughs> dang you know what i'm about to take a, a cue out of your book for real It'll be, it might be get imaginative lie, honestly it is it is because you know otherwise people start you know you, you feel the need to like explain like years worth of what is for most people like some some type of traumatic event like in your life and it's like you're a stranger you don't need to know this I don't have to tell you this this like is this oversharing just because I tried to answer you truthfully I don't know (laughs) it was like I just get imaginative I'm just gonna create the perfect husband in my mind maybe maybe he'll just like bippity boppity boo out of the sky (laughs) 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 I like that so my last question around pregnancy I know you're in survival mode, but were there any ways or times that you're able to bond with your baby throughout your pregnancy? So I'll say bonding wise, you know, we, we really, we really liked the food situation, um, mm-hmm. which is why I'm a little bit of a thickums now. And so is she. <laughs> <laughs> so is she. <laughs> um, it really, it really became obvious to me as far as like what foods she liked and what foods she didn't. Um, and, and mind you, I've been a vegetarian since I was 25. Um, and so I was, I was still eating vegetarian as, um, as I was pregnant, even though I did try to eat, I did, I did try to eat like some shellfish um, just to, just so she wouldn't be allergic to it, just to kind of like expose her to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't work. Um, just, just in case anybody <laughs> was wondering. <laughs> in, in fact, now I have a shellfish allergy. So, Wait, yes. Okay. So, if anybody is wondering if, if all things on Google work, they don't. Okay. Now <laughs> don't I can't that. eat fish. Okay. Like I've, I, like I said, I've been eating crawfish. Like I used to go catch crawfish out the ditch when we lived in Louisiana, and now I can't eat crawfish. Oh all right. God. That's so, tragic. Exactly. So, so it's like, don't try everything you see. <laughs> but, you know, what I'll say is like, I really, you know, bonded with like foods. And so I, I'd like to focus on like what foods like she liked and what food she didn't. Um, and, you know, we would just kind of lay there, rub on my belly, you know, and I would watch her kick. I have videos where she was such a kicker. Like, and, you know, she still is to this day. She'll kick you in the face if you're not careful. Um mm-hmm. 
you know, she just kicked really powerfully. And um, I just always would just, even at work, you know, whole time I'm at work, I'm just like waiting to see her little kicks, you know, and, you know, just if I eat this macaroon, because my friend, my coworker, Holly, and who's my friend now, um, she would, she would always make me sweets. But she would, she knew that I couldn't have things that were too sweet because Zari didn't like sweets. Mm-hmm. So she would, she would always, you know, custom make them so they're not super sugary or whatever. And so I would eat a macaroon. Zari starts kicking. She starts moving. I'm like, oh, she mm-hmm. liked that one. <laughs> you know? um, and even to this day, she doesn't like sweets. So, and now neither do I. So it is, it's interesting how your body permanently changes yeah. <laughs> or so indefinitely funny. you know I don't know if this is permanent but it it's not looking like it's going away anytime soon so that's cool yeah I know I love food I love that y'all brought it over food I like just kind of realizing what she reacts to is really cute and we so, still do bond section. over food Ooh, still yes good mm-hmm. <laughs> so the last section is birth story can you share with us that like kind of minute by minute story of like you know how it began or like when you're in that bathroom staring in the yeah of your okay. <laughs> what, what so happened after that <laughs> let's bring it back to to when I was staring at where my vagina used to be yeah um. it used to be <laughs> <laughs> so I'm standing I, I'm I'm bent over the counter standing just trying to see if any more suspicious liquid comes out you know because like I said I, I went to use the bathroom I couldn't sleep so. Um, to, to paint the perfect movie scene. It was a full moon and I couldn't sleep. And I get up to use the bathroom and I pee. And then after I'm done peeing, some more comes out, you know, for anybody wondering what it might be like when your water breaks. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's a suspicious liquid that you didn't push out that, <laughs> that just, <laughs> just kind of comes out and you're like, what was that? You know? And so that happened while I was using the bathroom. And so like, that's why I decided to just stand in the bathroom and see if it happened again. Cause I was like, well, if I lay down, you know, it might not happen. So I'm just going to stand here. And I stood there and it happened again. A little extra, a little extra suspicious liquid popped out again and it was clear, you know, but it just fell right on the floor. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, my water's breaking. Right. And so I tiptoe for for reasons I don't even know, but I tiptoe <laughs> like you would have thought that I got I, you like, bitch tiptoeing on my mother's phone. Like literally, I'm acting like the baby will fall out if I walk regular. So I'm just <laughs> so I'm tiptoeing into the living room because my mom was sleeping on the couch because she she flew down when I was like 40 weeks so she flew down by the due date a, a couple days before the due date because you know she thought I would be due and sure enough I didn't have the baby yet so she's sleeping on the living in, on the on the couch in the living room and like I said I'm tiptoeing and I'm for some reason acting as if I just can't go over and like shake her awake so I throw a pillow at her face instead. <laughs> I, th- I, throw, I throw one of the couch throw pillows at her face instead. <laughs> Literally like, pillow. like, wow. And she's like, what? I was like, my water broke. And she's like, she's like, oh my God, we gotta go. You know, like, cause <laughs> she's, she's just like, 
I don't even know if her water broke originally. I don't I don't know how I came out. Um, mm-hmm. But she's like freaking out at this point. She's like, we got to go. Get dressed. And I was like, I got to do my hair. And <laughs> Black women. <laughs> you should have you seen her face when she was like, what? Because the night before, I thought, because I, I was supposed to get induced that day anyway. And so I was like, oh, I'll just do my hair in the morning. So the night before, I had flat ironed half of my hair, but I hadn't flat ironed the other half. Mm-hmm. And so I just needed yeah. the flat on the other <laughs> And so I just put on a, a pad, put on underwear. And it's like, anything else that leaks, get in the pad. So I'm flat ironing my hair. And my mom's like running around the apartment, like about to have a panic, a panic attack. Like she is like freaking out. And I'm just flat ironing my hair. <laughs> so, <laughs> so finally, I, I finished it. it. It wasn't it wasn't like you know silk press straight, but I was like, it's good enough. It's fine. Yeah. So um, she's so nervous that she couldn't drive us to the hospital. Oh what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you know, I as a molecular scientist, I work at hospitals. For those who don't know, I work at hospitals. So I'm having a baby at the hospital that I work at. Mm-hmm. So I just drive, I was like, I'll just drive myself. And so, <laughs> um, you know, like I, I knew where we were going better than she did. So I was like, I'll drive, don't worry about it. And I had a bag, a Ziploc bag of pecans in my lap that I'm just like shoving into my mouth because um, anyone who doesn't know, they don't let you eat once you arrive. Yeah. So eat as much as you can <laughs> um, yes. before you get there because you will starve to death. Um, oh my God. <laughs> so I'm just driving it's it's midnight um so I'm driving eating pecans and my mom's just like oh my god oh my god oh my god and so <laughs> um we get there it's about 1 a.m um my, my water broke at midnight but by the time I finished doing my hair we got in the car we we got there around 1 a.m um I get settled in I get all the pricks and pokes um and then like I get my IV bag or whatever, whatever they do. And I, I get the Pitocin. So they go ahead and give me the Pitocin anyway. Okay. Um, even though even my though water you were broke. Like, ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, that, that was not great. Um, they cranked the Pitocin up. Um, so it has different yes. levels? <laughs> yes. So Pitocin basically is like an IV bag and they hit this button every, like every hour. So every hour you don't have the baby. They just crank it up a little bit. Oh, God. And so I was like, and so, but also every hour, like every time they hit the button, it causes your contractions to be more intense. Yeah. So it hurts more. And so around 7 a.m., I'm starting to feel the contractions now because before I didn't feel them, right? So okay. the, contract, the contractions weren't like anything more than like, you know, your normal kind of low period cramps, you know, kind of when you're just not even sure that you're about to have your period, your stomach just kind of feels weird. Yeah. That's, that's all I was having until they cranked the Pitocin up. And then I was like, all right, all right. Okay. Um, so then they come tap me for the epidural. Um, basically they say, if you don't get it now, you can't get it. And you might okay. get it later. Um, and I was like, all right, well, when you put it like that, sure, go ahead and tap me. Um, <laughs> like all right, I, scared me right? Right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, of course, you know, um, I'll, I'll tell you at the end that like that I might as well have not even got tapped, but I did. I went ahead and got the epidural. So, um, so in in the room, it's me, my mom, and my cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had my bags packed. Like I had like 
I had two duffel bags full of stuff to bring into to the hospital room. And mm-hmm. in the bags was some of the stuff that the nurses said they had never seen people drink. <laughs> what did you pack? So I had an aromatherapy diffuser. Oh, I like that. Actually, I had that. I had that right. in my bathroom. Right. I was like, you got to create the vibes. I had a Bluetooth yeah. speaker. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So they were laughing at me. One of the things that they laughed at the most was the glasses. So um, as a scientist, of course, I'm reading in scientific journals for a lot of this information that I'm getting about pregnancy and children and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so in one of the scientific journals, I read that the reason that most women's water break at night is because once upon a time early on in, you know, human civilization, it was safer to give birth at night. Huh. And and so yeah, and so they were saying you don't want to disrupt your sleep hormones that are currently going on in your body while your body's in labor because it can prolong your labor. Okay. Yeah. And so they were saying if possible, keep it as dark as possible. Um, but of course I'm giving birth in a hospital. You know, I yeah, have just so a regular it's not big old right, it's bright, you know, it feels like you're you're on the surface of the sun in there. Um, so, <laughs> so I brought sunglasses to wear <laughs> <laughs> and, and they just so happened to be Gucci sunglasses <laughs> <laughs> so you had your hair silk pressed you brought Bluetooth speaker aromatherapy and some Gucci sunglasses and to some get Gucci sunglasses I will send you this video so you can share it because my cousin took the video of me and she's like who gives birth in Gucci sunglasses (laughs) (laughs) you have to send that video because I'm going to want to put it on the Instagram that is because like and of course the nurses are every every nurse that comes in you know I had the same nurses for um most of Zari's um but most of my labor but you know there was a shift change so every nurse that comes in is just like are you are you wearing Gucci sunglasses? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm telling them, just like, and my mom, my mom was like, she read it online. And I'm like, I read it in a scientific journal. Okay. Don't just make it seem like Google. <laughs> this is why I'm glad. I'm glad we have a whole ass molecular scientist with three degrees that is nearly just validating me as a natural birth advocate. Yes. Because all these things that we say, that you're saying right now that you tried to do in a hospital, are the things yes. that like my doula, my midwife were like, we are doing this in your birth center. And it was like, damn. Yes. And we had the oils like up and diffusing and smelling good. And right. we had the speaker and like, yeah, vibes. I don't remember like any light. I felt like I was basically like asleep until it was like, oh, I'm in pain. And I'm like, right. <laughs> right. And, and so like, you know, all the things that doulas, you know, midwives say, like the scientific journals corroborate. You just have to, you know, know. For one, a lot of times you don't even have access to scientific journals if you're not a part of certain associations. But That's like, true. In college, yeah. you have all those journals. But when you're kind of out of that, wait, how do you find yeah. them? And so that, that information is just not available to most people. But, you know, the stuff your doulas are telling you, stuff Jasmine's telling you, you know, it's, it's verified by scientific journals. Um, how we give birth is, is such a non... It, it, it's like a non-medical 
thing. Like mm-hmm. they don't even really understand what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so I'll say I didn't choose like to have birth in a hospital for any other reason other than I work there. Yeah. You know, but um, if if I had, if I, if I ever got pregnant again, knock on wood, um, that's, oh, <laughs> close <the door. laughs> just close the door. Um, you know, I definitely think just having a more um, natural, holistic birth um, or just having somebody present, you know, who is also um, advocating for me, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, I, I definitely think that's necessary for sure. Yes, that would be your doula. And and so, you know, just just to just to finish the story, I did give birth with the shades on. Yes, with the shades on. Okay, <laughs> you got your epidural. You got your epidural, and you had your shades on. What happened after that? So what happened with the epidural is that I didn't know there was a button to push. Ah, okay. Like you you were in control of the button? Yes. And ah, so whenever you felt so basically they just tapped you and then whenever you felt pain you would re- you would push the button to release the button. Yeah, that's kind of This cool. button was like hidden under my bed. What? Right? Yes. And so for for whatever reason it was not like non-existent. Maybe it fell, like maybe she tried to set it next to me and it fell, you know, know, and 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 all that stuff, but for some reason it was like hidden under the hospital bed. So I no one birth. ever picked it up and gave it No to one me. ever picked it up. So I'm feeling cramps, like I'm 10 centimeters dilated and I have never hit this epidural button. Oh, no. And I have the Pitocin cranked up like no. <laughs> every hour. So I have <laughs> never hit this epidural button. And so at this point, you know, my doctor comes in, she's like, all right, time to push once again at this point wait between when you got the epidural and then the time to push was no one walking in there and seeing huh why is she in pain she has an epidural no like literally they would walk in and so for a time I was actually like vomiting and so that was kind of like their main concern is that like I, I couldn't stop and so of course using the science brain I said can you put salt in my hand mm-hmm. and because they, they wouldn't give you anything to eat. And so I, I said, I need you to put salt in my hand. And and she's like, salt? And I said, yes, please, just put salt. Just put a little <laughs> salt in my hand. And so she, you know, she, she gets a packet of salt, she puts it in my hand, and I lick it, and I stop vomiting. So for anyone who, <laughs> if, you, if you're vomiting, if you're about to give birth, get some salt. Um, huh. what, it, what, what it does is it rebalances your gut electrolytes. Because once you vomit, that's why a lot of times you just keep vomiting because things are off balance so okay. if you feel nauseous and or you've been vomiting but you don't feel you can't eat something or you don't feel like eating something just lick salt it'll stop you know what? i could have used that because i was <laughs> i was vomiting yeah and so that i i had my salt so i stopped vomiting and after that hgtv is on the tv the speaker is playing whatever i had decided to play and i'm just laying there and like, I don't want to move. I'm just like, Lord, 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 please help me. You know, like, so I'm, I'm not even saying much. So I, I'll say they might not have even noticed how much pain I was in because I just wasn't even saying anything. Mm-hmm. Only thing I was saying is, is it time yet? Is it time to get this child out of my body? Yeah. Um, so um, when it was time, you know, like I said, I was 10 centimeters dilated. 
doctor says it's time to push, I have yet to push this epidural button. So I push. I the epidural birth. button or you push the baby? No, I push <laughs> the baby out. <laughs> so um, with never hitting this epidural button. So I, I'll say I probably had as close to a natural birth in a hospital um, with an epidural as you can get. Cause I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that I did it without the epidural, but I never hit that button. So Yay. I pushed, you know, I pushed a couple times. Zari's Zari's out. And, um, you know, they're stitching me up because, you know, rips happen. And so the doctor is mm-hmm. stitching me up and I can feel it. Ugh. And so I'm, I'm like wincing. And so I'm like moving back, like as she's stitching me, I'm kind of like moving back and I'm like, ah, 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 you yeah. know, and she notices that I can feel that and I shouldn't be able to. Oh, cause she thought she had the epidural. Yes. And so she tells the nurses, can you hit her epidural button? That's when we realize that it's somewhere tangled underneath the bed. Wow. I'm really mad. No one else noticed it. <laughs> no one noticed it. And she hits it and immediately I stop feeling the stitches. Oh, and I'm thank like, God. so really? that's what was supposed, that's what I was supposed to be feeling. Nothing. <laughs> so, Nothing. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that is how I gave birth with and, you know, without an epidural. <laughs> with and without. Oh so, my gosh. And your tear, which way did, or how bad was your tear? Can you tell us about that? I think it was just a vertical tear. It wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Um because I, I wasn't in too much pain. So I left the hospital the next day. So I went, by the time I checked in, it was 1 a.m. Zari was born at 1 p.m. And I left the next day. Nice. Um, okay, 12 hours, like, total. Yeah, so so basically, um, I, I, I don't like hospitals, which is which is strange coming from somebody who worked in hospitals for so long. I yes. really don't like hospitals. Um, so I was, I was ready to get up out of there. Um, but it was just like a vertical tear. Zari was eight pounds. Um, I think seven, it was the, the specific number is like seven and something, but about eight pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she had a big head um, for sure. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm going to act like she wasn't. I was like, oh, you're bigger than I thought, ma'am. Um, for hey, sure. I thought head. babies were tight, right? I was like, I thought babies were supposed to be small, Zari. What are you? Um, and That's the first thing weaker. I saw. 41 weeker I was 41, 41 weeks week. to the day <laughs> and you know first thing I saw through the Gucci shades was this giant chocolate chip cookie birthmark mm-hmm. like so she's crying and that's the first thing I see is this giant and I, t- I take my shades off finally <laughs> I was like oh, I guess I don't need these anymore <laughs> um take my shades off and you know I'm just looking at her and you know I don't know like I'm just like man, I just had a baby and like, Gucci oh, shades. I did that. <laughs> I did that. I did. I, I, I can do it. You know, like, you know, when I think back on it, I'm like, yeah, I could do it again. But then, like, when I really think about it, I'm like, nah, maybe not. No, 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 that's no, okay. no, 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 that's okay. Uh, that's all right. Uh, I don't, I don't um, know. If I want we... to. <laughs> well, that sounds amazing. That, like, that is definitely a unique birth story, a with and without the epidural. <laughs> telling you so it's like I, I was just like I don't know you know if the fact that the epidural was there did a little something so I don't want to claim that I didn't have an epidural but 
I know when she pushed that button, I had a whole different experience down there. So yeah. it wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know? Well, we'll have so, to get you back for like a part two portion. But now, after yes. the first story, we like to do a little rapid fire questions. We get to learn okay. about you a little bit. So, like, you know, just real short answers straight off the dome. You got to think about too much. Okay. But since you had a Bluetooth speaker, I want to know what are the top five songs that were on your birth playlist? The top five songs. So, I definitely played um, some Janae Echo. Um, okay. I, I was playing albums, so I don't know songs, but I can tell you the song that was playing when Zari was born. What was that? So I was playing um, the Corinne Hawthorne album, Unstoppable, mm-hmm. and the name of the song that was playing was Speak the Name, so it's a gospel song. And so that's the name of the song that was playing when she was born. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. And so I, I played, like I said, I played a lot of chill, you know, went with the lavender aromatherapy diffuser, you know, music. Yeah. So played a lot of Janae Aiko, some Sade, just chill music. And then, like I said, when she was born, it was actually a gospel song that was playing, you know, speak yeah. the name. I like that very relaxing and uplifting playlist. Absolutely. You want to be as chill as possible when you're giving birth. I had HGTV on. You know, I love watching, you know, the renovations. I was in my house <laughs> as much as I could be. <laughs> so next one, fill in the blank for me. Motherhood is? Oh, my God. Um, motherhood is evolution. Evolution. Yes, I like that. Okay, next one. Um, what TV show are you binging right now? Um, I've been watching all the cooking competitions that Netflix has. Um, (laughs) Every single one. (laughs) Every single one. So I just finished Bake Squad, which is where like they they make these different cakes or whatever for um, people's birthday parties and events and stuff like that. So I just finished two seasons of Bake Squad. Um, <laughs> I, I love to watch cooking shows. <laughs> this goes in line with you and Zari's love for exactly. food. We love food and we love cooking, you know, so at, after she came out the womb, which we'll have to do a part two, we cook together now. So we, Ooh, we really love food. <laughs> So then what's your favorite act of self-care? I assume something to do with food. Man, let me tell you. Food and wine. Okay. Um, Just relaxing. You know, being able to just have nothing else to worry about. And I mean nothing. Like the mind is not thinking about what I need to get from the grocery store, what I need to get from Target, what I need to order, what I need to clean, you know. Mm -hmm. Really just clearing my mind having a glass of wine and whether I ordered something or I cooked something, just having some good food and just really just nothing in the mind, just enjoying what I'm eating and what I'm drinking. You know, Um, I like that you have that, have like honed that skill because it does take a lot to even just learn how to have nothing in your mind. Yes. How do I clear it out? That mental exhaustion is real as a mother. Okay, yeah. because you have so much going on in your mind as far as, oh, I need to order diapers or pull-ups or I need I need to get, you know, more milk or I, I need to figure out how to pump more. Like the, your mind is just constantly racing. Mm-hmm. And just to be able to just empty it 
and just sit there with your wine and realize that nothing is going to burn to the ground if you just have this glass of wine and you eat this food and you do whatever it is that you want to do. Maybe you want to scroll on Instagram or Twitter or whatever and you want to watch funny videos, do that. You've earned it. Yes, you know. do it without guilt. Yes, just do it and laugh. And you know, because like so much of our lives is serious, you know, it's just serious stuff all the time, you know. And so I encourage any anything that makes you laugh, even if like, you know, society tells you that like it's rotting your brain. Whatever. Yeah. Watch the cat videos. You know what I mean? Watch the cat videos. Watch them. And I feel like I actually kind of might have stopped you earlier, but you had said motherhood is evolution. I felt like you were gonna add on to that or share more. Did you have oh. something else to say? Well, I'll, I'll say that, like, what I've learned about being a human, I've mostly learned after I became a mother. And Zari's only three mm-hmm. and a half. Um, so, Look at that. Right. Out of 30, almost 32 years, I've learned most of what I know in the last three and a half years. That's amazing. Years. That's actually, that's, like, really uplifting because I feel like... <laughs> Yeah. there's so much like that you need to like so much wisdom you want to gather and it really yeah. all like is sometimes pulled out of an experience and I guess you know mother yeah. also is one of those things where you just you are forced honestly like you're right forced. You're forced. <laughs> that's what it's just like I, I don't like to take full credit for you know a lot of these realizations because it's really by force that you know you know you're in this you're in this ocean of life right and this current is taking you that that certain way whether you want it to or not you know and Mm -hmm. so when you learn to float you know and and really just accept that like even if you wanted to go that way that's not the way you're going you're going this way and you just float and you really start to I guess be okay with not being who you used to be before you became a mother and you you evolve like you you evolve into this version of yourself that you just couldn't have even imagined you know, yeah. like, I, I couldn't imagine that I'm this person now, you know, who I am now and the things that I care about now versus the things that I used to care about four years ago, wow. or, you know, the things that I think about. And I'm, I'm grateful for, for that evolution. Like, I really am. As hard that. as it is, you know, we evolve as a person, you know, this experience mm-hmm. takes you to a whole new like I guess realm of yourself yeah no I love and that because I feel it. like that's such a good metaphor because like I can imagine you like kind of being on a current and really trying to fight to go the opposite way and yeah. then you're losing a lot of energy and you're being mm-hmm. drained and you're still not getting to where you're trying to go yeah you know? you're and not gonna guess, get there anyway yeah. you're not so, gonna get there anyway just float you know <laughs> float in the opposite direction you know like I've just definitely you know leaned into being just like that that neighborhood mom you know who's like a little thick on the bottom who's like are you hungry you know that's just who I am now (laughs) you want a plate you You, want a a snack put a coat on that baby you know let's 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 have a cookout let's have a cookout in the backyard on Saturday you know like I've just leaned into being that person who's just like constantly offering people food and you know just that that's who I am now. Just like you leaning know. into the food, and I feel like it's taking you places, right? Where it's just like people tell me, like you should have a vegetarian cooking challenge. Like you know what? Speak it into existence. It you might know, be I something I need to do. 
You've been you been know? your you never post much on Instagram, but when you do, you will put some food. And I'm like, she's really making this thing from scratch. Really, I'm really like, and I like making stuff from scratch because like the flavors are really enhanced and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Granted, like you know, I still use box stuff. Like you know, I, I'll still use box and can stuff, but I'll hook it up a little bit. You know, add a little, add a little extra to it. But, yeah. I, I've been a vegetarian for so long and, you know, I didn't really have like pre-Zari. I didn't really have like that many recipes like in my, my repertoire or, you know, my cookbook, you know, I, I ate out a lot and I really kind of ate the same things. And so, yeah, you know, I started really kind of diving into like how to cook certain things. I was like, what, what's something that, you know, I want to pass down to generations. Yeah, you know, I'm, Ooh, I'm thinking like, like that, that, you know, and I'm like, I was just like, I'm such an old lady, but you know, I'm thinking. But like, it's like you're making the recipes that like we right. don't want to lose, right? I was like, you know what, I want, I want Zara to have like a recipe book where it's like, this is my mama's recipe book, Aww, this is, you know, and so I, I started just cooking more, you know. I was like, you know what, I need to take more time to do the things that are simple. Yeah, um, yeah. and and cooking is one of those things, right? You know. I love that. My mom actually has a recipe book from when she used to like cooking and she would actually write stuff in it. And I think she had showed me during Thanksgiving some like sweet potato recipe that I had oh. wanted to write in her recipe book because I just wanted to write something so bad. Right. <laughs> but it, she it, still it's... uses it to this day and I, I find it to be really cute. Like it's really beautiful. Right. And before I was just like, girl, why are you writing these things down? Exactly. You, you could print oh. it out. You could have it on your phone, Google it. Right. Meanwhile. It's like <laughs> when you're young, everything is dumb. Like, yep. honestly, everything, everything your parents do is dumb. Everything that like families do is dumb. And then like when you're older and you have kids, it's like, man, I, I see. It's like, I, I get matters. it. Yeah. Right. I get it now. Like it all matters like to have those traditions and those you know, just things that you do together and things that you can pass down. It really does matter. It does. That's where you start bonding. Don't mm-hmm. even know. So next question, what are some things that you're most grateful for these days? Um, I would say with, with regard to being a mother, um, you know, Zari having autism, I'll say, I'll say very, you know, quick things about this. Um, cause this, this probably could be a whole nother, you know, hour and some change. Um, but kids with autism teach you to be grateful for every little thing. Yeah. You know, because the things that, you know, you kind of just expect for kids to just pick up on and do mm-hmm. kids with autism don't do. And so it really takes intention to get them to do those things that, you know, other kids just did, mm-hmm. you know? So for example, um, she, people will say hi to her because she's three. Right. And so people will say hi and, you know, they'll look at her expecting a response. Yeah. And that doesn't always happen. And so if she does say hi back, the person will just kind of think, oh, that's what she's supposed to do. They won't know that she hasn't talked all day. And Mm -hmm. for her to be demonstrating these conversation and verbal skills with a stranger is something that just doesn't happen every day. Yeah. And it doesn't even happen consistently in the same day. You know, she might say hi to the person in Target and then look at the person in Whole Foods like, do I know you? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like she she might say hi to them, but she might not say hi to you. You know, and so yeah, you know, it it really teaches you to not only believe this kind of dogma, but to live this dogma that every little thing is a blessing, every little hi, every little bye, every little mommy. You know, can I have this? You know, every every little kind of verbal expression. You know, everything that she does independently, everything that she does by herself, putting her shoes on by herself, all those things that, you know, a lot of kids just kind of naturally just mimic their parents or mimic the other kids around them and do. Yeah. yeah. You know, Zari, you know, it really took intention to get her to do these things. And so I'm just grateful that she does these things every time she does them. Oh, that's amazing. that's so amazing yeah it's like like you said like you just talking about how earlier when we were kids everything's dumb but then right when we're we're adults means so much and it's like you just keep bringing it bringing it back down so like just the most simple of things and like teaching us how to be grateful for just like literally waking up in the morning and having a smile on your face or seeing your kid like smile right like she has so much energy when she wakes up and you know it just makes me smile because I'm just like she is just so happy to be here like she's the happiest kid she's so happy and she runs you know to get all her toys she'll run in her room run back out running like and she gets them all one at a time and she lines them all up on the couch and she's just (laughs) so happy you know she lines all of her stuffed animals up on the couch and you know with her waffle and stuff like that with her waffle With, with her waffle in hand and she's just so happy and I, you know I'm just I'm just grateful that she's happy yeah you know? I love that and and I'm I've never been a very energetic person so she has way more energy than I'll ever have in life and I'm sure and some so, of it will rub off on you all right I'm, I'm just like honey you gotta I, I'm hoping you just be a little patient with mommy okay mommy mommy moves a little slow <laughs> mommy likes mommy likes to kind of lay in bed until you know two so you know let let mommy you know it's eight, it's eight o'clock okay it's eight o'clock in the morning Get, you know give mommy a little bit oh, give me a break warm, give me a break <laughs> i'm warming up the hips you know Mom, mommy has to warm up the body before she can get out of bed you know <laughs> <laughs> so how about speaking of food what's your favorite meal my favorite meal um I should say the meal that I've lived off on, off of the last like couple of years is pasta. I'll eat mm. pasta like three times a day. Like, mm. and, like <laughs> I'll eat ramen for breakfast, pasta salad for lunch, and then like a hot tomato pasta for, for dinner. <laughs> I can literally eat ramen three times a day. Uh, I mean, pasta three times a day. So I'll definitely say pasta. I, I don't know if it's my favorite, like, my favorite would be, you know, the curries that I make or um, there's some African cookbooks that I have where I'm learning how to make some African dishes. Um, and so there's one where it's like, it's basically like collard greens and rice, but like the way you cook it down, it has like a whole different texture and taste to it. Mm, and so that's my like current favorite right now. Um, whenever I like have time to cook it, I really like that dish. See, this is why we were supposed to do this in person. So then I can be trying, trying so, the food exactly making. <laughs> so, so next time, you know, I'll have I'll have the the collard greens and rice dish. It, it has like a name. I'm I don't know how to say the name. Um, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have that ready to go with some wine. 
Although yes. you, you know, I, I drink the I drink the bitter red wine. So I don't know if you're gonna come over to my dark side. Uh oh, <laughs> uh oh. I might bring my own wine. I'll drink I like anything <laughs> sweet, so sweet red or moscato or whatever. <laughs> yeah, my mine is Syrah, so like the the dark dark red, but you know a little bit bitter. But I I think you'd like it. I honestly do. I, I think I'll you'd try like it. it. I'll try it. Okay. Okay. Two last questions. What okay. is your favorite movie? My favorite movie, like of all time, of all time. um of all time. Um, oh, this is such a good question because like I don't really watch that many movies, which is funny. Um, I watch like a lot of shows, but I don't watch that many movies. I don't mm-hmm. know why. The shows like, really got cranked up around the pandemic, which was like, yeah interesting. <laughs> so, like favorite movie. Um, I can tell you like my favorite movie when I was a kid. <laughs> That works. Um, Monsters Inc. Oh, that was good, Mike Wazowski. Oh, you know what? I know my favorite movie, Adam's Family. Adam's Family is my favorite movie. Oh, um, nice. so you must have enjoyed the new Wednesday on Netflix. Oh, I, I watched the whole thing in a day. Oh yeah, have um, you memorized the dance? Because I have not, not yet. <laughs> but you, you know what? You might you might need to teach it to me. My rhythm, my rhythm has slowly left my body over time. Um, <laughs> so I, I need to start dancing a little bit more. Oh, I'm moving well, luckily, Wednesday doesn't really have rhythm. It's just like a interesting kind of emo, psychotic, <laughs> exactly. Also, really graceful dance. It's, it's interesting. I love you, it. You know, she's a Virgo Mars, and I'm a Virgo Mars, and I'm like, I see myself a lot. <laughs> We're both psychotic. <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, that's something I would do. And I had multiple people text me like, that's something you would do. I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> the last question is kind of like a situation um okay. so say you're being called in like five different directions zari needs you work has a deadline i don't mm-hmm. know your mom needs you and the list just goes on what is the first thing you do in that moment the first thing i do um so working in the lab task management is is something that is a skill that's necessary task prioritization I think is a better term mm-hmm. um, because like you really learn like how to like prioritize your tasks very quickly because how you prioritize them will determine whether or not you get to go home on time mm-hmm. um, so I would say something similar has happened where you know it's it feels like everybody needs me right now yeah um And so what I'll say, you know, about how I handle it and just, you know, advice to anyone else is that, you know, your child comes first, but your child is also very easy to distract. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, very quickly um, have, have available things that, you know, can occupy your child's time, you know. Um, as, as a single mom early on, you know, you got to think about how to shower by yourself, like when your child's awake, you know, mm-hmm. how to take a shower, how, how to do these simple things. And so um, I, I had her a little seat and I put her right there next to the shower. Um, and there, there was a little bye bye baby seat them up seats or whatever. And I would sit her right there and I would I would put a little show on the iPad. And she would just watch that show while I took a shower. You know what I mean? Like, she'll be fine. You know, yeah. just as I can see here and all that stuff. And so I think when it comes to, you know, being pulled in all different directions, you know, your child is the most important, but your child is also the easiest to distract. So yeah. 
So get a distraction. Move on exactly. Get a distraction ready to go. And then, you know, once your child, I, I feel like once your child, you know, once, once Zari is, is, is calm and, and occupied, I'm able to kind of like figure out what I need to do as far as the other tasks are concerned very easily. Yeah. You know, when, when you're, when your kid is crying and like screaming or having a tantrum, you can't think straight, you oh, know, yeah. not at all. It, it's a lot for, for both parties involved. And so it's like, you know, get, get her distracted. You know, I used to be an anti like um, Kindle or iPad, whatever kids pad person. I am no longer that person. Um, mm-hmm. Zari has an Amazon Kindle for kids. And so it is specifically for kids. She has a lot of learning games on there that I have her do, but I can always unlock it and she can sit there and watch like that Ryan kid on YouTube. Yo, Ryan is so popular. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've seen the videos myself and I'm just like, okay, this kid makes $5 million a year. I see. I know. Right. We should Uh, be doing that. Right. Literally, literally I was like, okay, I see what we should be doing that you're not doing. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, cause Zari will replay those videos. She watched, she loves Ryan, you know? And so she'll replay those videos, you know, and it'll buy you like an hour because you know, the videos last 20 minutes, she'll replay it like two, two times by that time get them a snack. What I'll say is like my, my biggest trick, you ever want to kind of gauge what's going on with your kid, just put a snack next to them. Like this isn't even coming from somebody who loves food. This is, this is more so a strategy. I always just put a snack next to her. If she doesn't eat it, then she's not hungry. So what's wrong with her isn't food, right? Once she starts eating that snack, she's starting to get hungry, you know? And so that's when I know I need to make her something to eat. Okay, um, like this distraction and process right. of elimination. Exactly, distraction and process of elimination. So if she's eating what I put in front of her, she's hungry. And anything anything that's kind of coming out of that is really just hunger. She's hangry, you mm-hmm. know? So that that's kind of how I, I, I kind of uh, strategically figure out what the problem is, you know? I like that. Well... Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to have to wrap this up. This has been great talking to you and like hearing your story. I've never heard it before. I feel like everyone else that kind of came on, I like new pieces and stuff. Yeah. But for you, it was like brand new to me. So I like had a great time listening to your story. I had a great time telling it. Thank you for having me, you know, on the podcast and just give me the opportunity to talk. Yeah. I hope it was cathartic. So you have to come back for a part two when we start talking about like postpartum. AKA like postmortem. I'm just kidding. It's not postmortem. <laughs> a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't wrong. You were not wrong. I, I won't put that quote on Instagram. <laughs> I'm gonna bleep that out. Just gonna be a long bleep for like a minute. Oh my god. Y'all know I can't edit, so this is gonna be in there. Y'all are gonna hear it. <laughs> But also we're at like 90 minutes. So also I doubt anyone will even like hear it. If y'all do make it here, you're a true fan. I appreciate you. And you should get something free from somebody that's not me. (laughs) From somebody. From Um, somebody. God God is going to reward you. Okay. God God is always watching. Um, (laughs) My reward is listening to y'all. I feel like after each person kind of like finishes the podcast, they always like text me like, man, that was so great. It was so much fun. I want to do it again. It really Here's is. a person that should do it. So, like, I always enjoy just talking to y'all. And I always have to remember that it's actually a podcast. So, like, when I wrap it up, 
thanks guys we're looking no. to motherhood in progress we'll see you next time <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys you know and, and then you play like the outro music oh yes i'm looking <laughs> for someone to make me a jingle <laughs> um you know you know honestly like i'll say like no one's ever asked me these questions before really no one has ever asked me you know like specifically to tell my story and, and to becoming a mother and so it's super cathartic and and just like i'm grateful for the opportunity because you know like I've never had to just kind of like even think about some of these things until you asked me oh that's awesome I'm honored to be able to ask you you know I love to ask questions yeah you know the Gemini needs to questions. know I do I know everything <laughs> like if I I feel like I would try to wrap it up at an hour this one like obviously longer but I was just like I needed to poke into everything yeah honestly I love long podcasts because I listen to podcasts like while I work you know, and so if they're if they're an hour and a half, two hours long, I'm like, okay, cool. The longer, the better. The longer, the better, because <laughs> I, I need something to, to keep the thoughts out of my brain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Distraction. <So>, Distraction. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Atlantis. And I'm definitely going to hit you up when we get into that part two postpartum, postmortem. It's going to be great. Okay. Thank you for having me. All right. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Come again. Come back. I'll have a jingle sometimes. No music. No music. <laughs> okay. Now it's the end for real. Just text okay, me. Bye. Okay. Bye. bye.